This week's Major Spoilers podcast goes out to Oscar Rodriguez, Jeffrey Arbo, Vista Papadopoulos, and his son Webster, Eric Krentz, David Easterday, Sean Brown, Peter Walker, Nathan Olson, and Paul Wade. I could pronounce it Paul Wade. But in any case, this one goes out to each and every one of them fine and faithful spoiler rights all. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, we got the supers, the giant robots, the pulp, the crime, we've got it all, except for Rodrigo. Plus, Lee, 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 we're talking freaking Lee. It's time to leave the capsule if we dare. We're stepping through the door and floating in a most peculiar way. Rodrigo's probably sitting in a tin can far above the world, or at least that's how he feels. We're past 100,000 miles. I'm feeling very still, and I think my laptop knows which way to go. Tell my wife I love her very much. Tell my girlfriend I want my Bowie albums back. And tell the Major Spoilers podcast that it's on the air. Welcome to issue 517 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for checking out uh, this episode. 75 years of Superman, and then at one point he died, Zach. That's sad. He also used to go wash his cape in the sun, but that's a different story. That's probably like... Really time-consuming. Did you read the Superman? Did I read the Superman? Of course I read the Superman, Matthew. Hey, Zach, you you have a responsibility this week. What's that? With Rodrigo gone, it is your job to keep Steven and I from butting heads to the point where somebody ends up bloodied on the floor. Well, if someone end up bloodied on the floor while you guys are separated by our entire state, that's impressive and probably should be recorded in a podcast. (laughs) It is our psyche. Matthew may have have an aneurysm. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Let us get to some news. So this week, uh, ComicsAlliance.com shuts down. Free comic book day is coming this weekend. Lego announces a massive Tower of Warnthonk set from Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) And Dark Horse and Dynamite team up to sell Dynamite books through the Dark Horse Digital Comics app store. Say that ten times. I know. Spin that Wheel of Destiny, and let's see where we land this week. Dark horse, dark horse, dynamite. Lands on number one. Uh, uh, uh. Comics oh, Alliance shuts down. One. This is kind of a surprise to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Comics Alliance, uh, great site. Uh, we uh, at least checked them out every day. Um, but uh, maybe that was a problem. Maybe not enough people checked them out every day. Yeah. We really don't know. Maybe. But suddenly there were rumors over the past weekend that Comics Alliance was getting ready to be shut down. AOL had already shut down uh, some of their music sites, most of their music uh, web reporting sites. I think they either bought or wrapped up Vibe Magazine into something. I don't remember. Uh, Comics Alliance did no C2E2 Comic-Con coverage. And then on Monday, Chris Sims uh, announced that the uh, site was being pulled uh, via his uh, podcast and some other things. And then some people started to send out some tweets. But it has, in fact, been pulled. The plug has been pulled. Um... I don't know. There are a lot of rumors and theories and conspiracy mm-hmm. thoughts about uh, why why the uh, the plug was pulled. Some of them a little ridiculous. Um, at one point, Matthew, didn't you say somebody was saying that um, 
AOL pulled the plug. AOL pulled the plug because uh, the Comics Alliance was reporting badly on AOL's, and I say this in air quotes, AOL's Time Warner DC Comics division. Yeah, and even though Time Warner hasn't uh, Time Warner and AOL divested one or the other, divested one or the other like half a decade ago. But there's, I mean, there's a lot of people who are upset. There are a few people who are taking a little bit of time to dance on a grave, which... I don't necessarily blame anybody who, you know, you, you can say what you want. You can do what you want. It's the Internet. Everybody can be a douche once in a while. My expectation on the whole thing, though, is kind of I, I think the loss of any unique voice diminishes the rest of the voices. If that right. makes yeah. sense. You know? I, I like uh, I like Scott Kurtz's comments. Oh, dear. Now, wherever <laughs> will I get my comic news that every other site reports the exact same thing? So yeah, there well, was there's definitely some snark out there. Yeah, that that's a little hurtful. <laughs> well, <laughs> from and, us, and I am hurt. Well, Scott bruised. is that way. Um, I don't know what they were paying people over right. at Comics Alliance, but it was a three time Eisner Award nominee. Right. Um, I don't know if it was too expensive. You know, that's one of the things that you look at mm-hmm. when you look it, at it, cost and you say, it, "Hey, it, man." Yeah. Um, you know, it's, we got to bring in some advertising. We can't always pay for these extravagant trips to wherever for you to cover all this stuff. To Cleveland and yeah. San Diego. <laughs> well, and the thing that you have to remember is that, you know, AOL is a huge mega conglomerate. Sure it is. Right. There's, there's a chance that somebody just said, Hey, we need to cut 5% out of the budget immediately because we're not hitting our financial projections. And that's the 5% that got cut. I mean, we, we don't have any information. I doubt that even the people who, you know, are now, you know, no longer working there have a real explanation. I don't know that there will ever be access to the full information. But I would say that while I understand and generally do share the tendency to go <laughs> and be <laughs> funny on the Internet when things happen, I I, I kind of trade it off. I think, okay, what if this had been an announcement that, you know, the, the mega corporation that pays for major spoilers, that's you, by the way, dude. Yeah, that's Steven. Um, all of a sudden was like, ah, F that fat guy and he's fired. Yeah, I would be, I would be devastated. That, I mean, that's something that can really F up your program. So yeah, as much as you want to look at things and you want to balance things. And sometimes you want to go, it couldn't happen to better people. You have to remember that these are real people being affected by it. And well, so here's where, this is where the story kind of first started. Uh, mm-hmm. Variety uh, magazine reported on Friday, AOL, AOL is shutting down AOL music and several other music news and video websites. According to employees tweets on Friday, right. uh, the move to shutter music sites shows the company is refocusing on higher growth areas, including original video content, which will be on display at AOL's digital content new front presentation next week. So maybe oh. at some point this week, we will see uh, if there's any pulse in the, uh, well, the in that, but maybe not. But it did say here that it's shutting down, um, uh, uh, refocusing on higher growth areas, which I don't know, nerddom still seems to be a pretty high growth area. Well, yeah, but yeah. every bubble has their moment. Yes, and believe me, I've lived through two of them already. And uh, there, there are already those who are of the opinion that the nerd bubble is about to pop and that things are going to swing back in terms of, you know, the comic sales and the expectations sure. of 
who says what to whom and why. Well, oh. to even say they're shutting down the high or the low volume to make room for the high, and they shut down like AOL music. If yeah. I, I assume AOL it'll music. probably be some of a, one of their bigger things because music is not generally a bubble you think it's about ready to AOL go music attracted more than 25 million unique visitors monthly in mm-hmm. a report in July 2012. People who watched 7.4 million vi- uh, videos, according to Comscore data cited <coughs> on the company's corporate website. Um, the separate development internet publisher people. Spin Media on Thursday announced acquisition of Vibe Media and said it would shut down the print version of R&B and hip-hop magazine Buzz Media acquired Spin last year. La, 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 la. Okay. Um, you know what's the great thing about the Huffington Post, which is now owned by AOL? The HuffPo? Yeah, the HuffPo. You know what's great about Being that? Being able to read everybody else's articles all in one place? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm the sorry. That a lot that of those, wrong? Uh, the fact that a lot of those people don't get paid, right? Mm-hmm. So what if... What if, because Comics Alliance was getting paid, and I'm going to just imagine an average salary. Yeah. What if because they weren't working for free, that that's a reason to cut? Mm. Restructure it as free content coming through like a HuffPo mob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't necessarily agree with the HuffPo model, Huffington Post model, because I do believe people should get paid. Um and going back to the comment that you made earlier, Matthew, you know, you're uh, something about major spoilers shutting down. I'm going to say this is only, well, one of the few times I will ever say this in this episode. <laughs> in this, episode. <laughs> this is why I don't want major spoilers to be owned by a corporation, mm-hmm. right? Oh. Because it's all too easy for some bean counter to go, well, you guys didn't make a 5% increase like you thought you were last year, even though you yeah. still made us a million dollars for cutting you all together. Right. And uh, that's and so, the thing. We we don't have a soulless corporate overlord. No, we you have, have me. A soulless robot overlord <laughs> who gives his marching orders to a, a bald man who I believe is thirty percent cybernetic now. Thirty percent fat, actually, probably sixty eight percent fat. Sixty three percent, according to my doctor. I'm on my way down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- who knows what the reason is? I, I guess this is the reason why I like the fact that so many people contribute to major spoilers and, and yeah. dig into their mm-hmm. pockets to to give and to try to get our funding goat funded because things can go away just like that. I am yeah. going to bet just by my spidey senses, mm-hmm. although I've never been bitten by a radioactive spider that you know of. That I know of. It you are correct. It could be dormant. I have you witnessed are correct. being bitten by a little German girl, however. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was pretty kinky. Um, yeah, it was awful. I'm going to bet that there well, is something that is going to blow up with yet another site, popular site that mm. people know of, in the next six months, if not six sooner. Months. I've already started to detect a few vibes rippling through the entard webs yeah. and, and reaching to my... Little layer that I sit on perched and on. And here's the, the thing, the folks. Webs. As someone who habitually and occasionally gets paid to mock and undermine Stephen, three things I do not mock. One, his instincts. Two, his ability to use words that I can't really spell right. And three, <laughs> his ability ways. to occasionally in the short term perfectly predict what's about to happen when things are about to happen. It's freaky. I don't know how you do it, but sometimes you do it. And I, I'm well, getting that right now. You know, I don't, I don't uh, have a wall where I have the little postcards with the yarn stretched between them. But in my mind, <laughs> right. there are You're things. You're like Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> there are things that I sit there and go, okay, here's this little bit of thing sitting out over here. Mm-hmm. This person has moved somewhere else. If Why would that person, if that person you. was doing so great at 
this job, why would that person move to someplace else? Right. You should pitch a why show then, like you know, House. That, that's the first little indicator. Mm-hmm. Then you look at some other indicators and some shifts in releases and releases and other things that this website would do. And suddenly, aha, they're restructuring underneath and they're not telling anyone. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I think in the next six months, we will see something happen with another website. You're like, you're like Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes. Yes, I'm trying to think five moves ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. Or you should get you like a, a downy, uh, sure downy Schwartz, goatee. One of the two. Yes, I there can we go. Yes, all right. Free comic sure. book day this weekend. Yeah, it is. You like free comic book day, Matthew? Or are you the one that's anti-free love, comic book I love book it day? and I hate it. I love it because it's wonderful to go in and the widget is utterly stoked. She's upset. We missed the Superman's birthday celebration at the local library. So she's stoked that we get to go see this, and she wants to go and see the free comics. And there are a lot of kids who come in, and they're all like, oh, boy, free comics. And then you say that you actually charge for your free comics? No, we don't. They're not free. Some places do. store. Yeah, some places do charge. We we do not charge for our free comics. Now, the, the sole exception is if a free comic shows up in a stack of stuff that is destined for my 50 cent bin, and it's a year or two old, I will throw it in the three for a dollar bags, because, you know, what are you going to do? Shoot me? But no, we don't charge for our 50 cent stuff. We do in the past. We have had um, buyer limits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two for an adult, three for a kid. That's usually on the first day. By Sunday, we almost always have a little bit of sell through left over. So we're just like, take it. I I guess I'm always conflicted because here in Hayes, um, Hastings has done it a bunch of different ways. They've done it last year. It was just no. Four years ago, when they reorganized their comic section, it was free. Take mm-hmm. all you want. And mm-hmm. it's like, yes, sir. Thank you so much. Then the next year, it was you paid the cover price or what the store had to pay oh, really? for it, which is like, you know, 10, 15 cents a copy. Yeah. But they have to ring up every single one of those at 10 or 15 cents a copy. And when you got 30 plus books, you know, that's still going to ring you up a, a five, 10 bucks somewhere yeah. around there. Uh, a normal. Market. And then last year. Last year, they did a um, 15 comics per customer. So I got 15, Mason got 15, and my wife got 15. And so we got all the books that way. Cool. And then I've been at other stores where they do instigate, hey, you have to spend $10 to get one free comic. That, if you're you're Mm. going to require one, that I think is the only way that I could stand behind it. I mean, I don't feel like... Even though the distributors make the retailers pay, right? I don't necessarily feel like free comic book day should be something you have to pay for. But if you are a struggling store and you want to put a, you know, buy $5 and get free comics, I think that works because a lot of times we don't see the free comic day people again until until next free comic day. Yeah. I think we talked about this before. You said you probably get maybe 3% as a return customer. We always get a little bit of a bump, but what you'll get is you'll get, say, 300 people coming in. 150 of them will come back more than once. Of that 150, 75 will want to start a pull list. Of that 75, about 15 or 20 will flake out on their pull list in the next six months and leave you with a bunch of unsold material. You know, of that 75 who still come back to the store, I would say that probably half of those become regular buyers in one fashion or another. Mm, I see. 
So we see people coming back and we see people who are coming in solely for free comic book day and then buying and buying and buying. Mm -hmm. But we have people who have no interest in comics who hear it's free and show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's what, I mean, we saw, too. we saw that happen with Comixology and there's 700 free comics where yeah. everybody showed up and caused the, uh, the, the store yeah. to shut down. So Zach, have you been, partic have you participated in a free comic yeah, book Yeah, I went day? to the last two. Last two? Uh -huh. Did you enjoy it? Did yeah, you get it was some cool. free comics? And did you find anything new that you liked? Um, what did I grab? I, that's like the first time I ever read Atomic Robo was free comic book day. Oh, yeah. And, um, I remember just grabbing other random stuff. Nothing really. Did last year DC do a, they did, they did that, a, uh, prelude to Trinity War, War or whatever it was. Yeah. Has that happened yeah. yet? Trinity War no. hasn't happened, but it's it was so kind of like, Trinity War is like happening the, in the next month or two though. Yeah. So no, that's weird that they, they kind of hinted it at it. Yeah. Because they, everybody was wondering about Pandora and everything. Yeah. 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 It fell apart. I understand as they intended to do it and then they couldn't. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. That seems about right. So you're looking forward to this year? Yeah, I'm going to head down to the store and grab some. I got my free comic book day uh, t-shirt in the other day that Ooh. I'll have to hey, wear. If you guys, if you guys jump in the Rambler and drive over to Topeka, I will give you my full guarantee. Anything you buy at Gatekeeper Hobbies, if it gets torn in half, you get to keep both halves. All right. Wow. Well, I'm sure yeah. we'll do that. That's a good guarantee. No, I think yeah. Saturday we got a soccer game in the morning, then we'll go do free comic book day in the afternoon. I don't afternoons. have time to go to the cool side. I really state. don't have uh, time to go to uh, <laughs> dirty old Topeka, so. Hey. hey I almost listeners. ended up in Topeka the other day. I took a wrong road. <laughs> <laughs> That's 250 miles worth of wrong road. Trust me. Well, he, he was, was on an hour and a half out of my way. I think he was <laughs> almost. lay in, off the sandwiches, boy. I think he was almost in Emporia before no, he No, I went through Emporia. No way. I'm not kidding. Zach. <laughs> On your way where? Back coming back from Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I wasn't paying attention going through Wichita. And I ended that's up like, like this. That's, this that's doesn't look familiar. Hours this doesn't look familiar. <laughs> and my great next uh, wireless provider was roaming, and I forgot I had to actually turn on the settings so I could still get data. And then I had to figure out where I was, and then. Were you by yourself? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, at least that's the embarrassment well, yeah, yeah, that that's you can. Fine. Oh, I'm sorry. You could have shared it by yourself, oh, but yes. now you shared it with our Everyone. hundreds of thousands. Hello. Of my name's Zach, and I spend four hours lost. <laughs> you know, you can read more of Zach's stories over at Majorspoilers.com. Matthew's always sharing his reviews and a hero history or two. Ape Slayer this week. Mm, love the Ape Slayer. Wayne Hall wants to know if the era of the event comic is finally over, mm. or should we expect more? Or is there another way to do it? There were some good comments, uh, people talking about the event comic over there on that. And much, much more over at Majorspoilers.com. And we thank everybody who visits the site. We thank everybody like this who question. clicks on the ads. And we thank everybody who's become a recurring subscriber. Oh, we sat down and finagled a few things last night. More on that soon. But until then, let us get to some reviews. Wait, is that me? That is you. Rodrigo's not here to point at me, so I didn't know to go review. Now, I am... Disney's going to come down on us now. Are they? What were you saying? Yeah, that was Prince Ali from Aladdin. Oh, Prince Ali. Yes, it is he. Time for reviews. What yeah, you okay. got? Yeah, okay, okay. I can see that. I can definitely see that. So, uh, I am a big fan of <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> I am a big fan of um red panda adventures that you can find on the what is the name of that podcast i always forget what it is dakota, uh, dakota ring, ring theater theater 
love that. Yeah. I have been listening to it for years. I stumbled, I don't remember how I stumbled across it, but I know I've been listening to it for probably about as long. I probably got in on the first 30 episodes. That's oh, wow. a weekly. So I got in on the first year and been following it ever since. It is a great adventure. If people have never listened to Dakota Ring Theater, they have a bunch of different shows, one of them being The Mask of the Red Panda, this uh, can- uh, Canada, Canada's uh, greatest superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Um, more on him in just a moment. They also have Blackjack Justice, which is kind of a, um, noir detective guy. Hmm. And then uh, every once in a while, they'll do these kind of like, uh, sci-fi, um, Twilight zone type stories that are really well done, really plays into theater of the mind. They do a great job of it. But Red Panda Adventures is, uh, by far my favorite story. It's set in the pulp era. So Red Panda is kind of a combination of The Shadow, Green Hornet, uh, maybe a little bit of Batman thrown in. Mm. Um, and then he's got a sidekick, uh, the, fl- the flying squirrel. And, um, by day he's a gad about town, of course. And, uh, the red squirrel is his, uh, chauffeur. And up until probably, I want to say maybe two years ago, everything took place before World War II. In the last year or so, year and a half, maybe two years, I don't know. Um, they've switched over to telling stories of the Red Panda during World War II. So they're kind of mm-hmm. telling these stories in real time, had you been listening to this in the 30s and 40s. And it's really great. And um, Greg Taylor, the guy who writes everything, is the man behind um, Red Panda Adventures and Dakota Ring Theater, got together with Monkey Brain Comics. Uh, we've interviewed them on the site, uh, Chris uh, Roberson and his wife. And uh, one of the comics that they've launched is The Mask of the Red Panda, a three-issue tale of the Red Panda fighting some evil inside of uh, Toronto. Evil. (laughs) And what is really cool about this is this is a tale that takes place before um, Panda and the Squirrel got married. So that's a little bit of a spoiler. So there's a lot of little (laughs) sexual tension in there. And the squirrel is a woman. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, a little pixie of a girl, uh, but she she fights really good. She's the sidekick. Um, but uh, one of the things that sets the Red Panda apart is it's not always just science. I mean, they've had time travel stories before that's really good. Uh, they've had just your your crime noir type, shadow type stories mm-hmm. that have been really good. Um, and the ones that I always like are the ones that involve magic of some kind. And this tale that uh, Monkey Brain has put out includes uh, the story of the hunt for an Aztec uh, metal that if uh, the, the what is it, the uh, group of mages or whatever that they're called get their hands on it, it could spell doom. So you've got the uh, the mages trying to get their hands on it, or the council of mages trying to get their hands on it. You've got, uh, you've got the Nazis who are trying to get their hands on it, and then some magician and trying to get their hands on it. And all around them are these... I forget what their names are, but these uh, demon dogs from hell kind of things that are trying to chase down the medallion and its location. And this are they is called a the diamond dogs. No, they're not called the diamond dogs. I forget what it is, but um, it's going with my Bowie. This thing. this book is written by Greg Taylor, art by Dean Coates. I think is how you say his name, and his art is wonderful. It kind of has a feel of not all the detail that you're going to see in a creepy comic. Um, or a Savage Sword of Conan type stuff, but it is in black and white, and it's fantastic. And so in this third issue, you know, the Red Panda discovers the whodunit, um, uses his knowledge and his uh, operatives to 
figure out exactly what's going on, saves the day, the end, you know, all that's really good, yeah. but it's the, but it's the three parts, the, of the story that really feel complete. And because it's written by Greg Taylor and it's set in the same continuity as the radio adventures or the podcast adventures, this feels so legitimate. This feels just right. There's very little to complain about in this three arc series. The eyes, um, that would be the only thing that I get a little worried about is because, um, Coates is trying to draw like a, I don't know, a reflection or something in the eye. Sometimes the eyes look a little weird because you've got the white of the eye and then the um, iris. And then right before you get to the pupil, there's another round of Uh, white there. And it just looks a little odd, but it works most of the time. There's only a few times where it looks a little weird. But the story is really, really good. And the best thing is, if you are on Comixology, you can get all three issues for 99 cents. All three issues for less than the price of a $3.99 book. And that is deserving of a star just by itself. Because I'm such a fan of the Red Panda and Dakota Ring Theater, um, I'm into this so much so. Some other people may not be if they're just picking this up as a casual read, but uh, definitely Dakota Ring Theater fans want to pick this up. I think this is a great story. I say read them all three together. Makes for a great tale. I'm giving uh, Red Panda Adventures four out of five slices of meatloaf. Nice. I won't give nice. too much away because it's cool. There's magic and there's science and there's monsters from beyond and it's it's just really Psychic good. Psychic. Have, and... have they uh, announced if they're going to do more or if it was just going to be? No, they uh, at the end of this uh, third issue, there's kind of a letters page where um, Greg Taylor is saying, hey, if this were an ongoing book, this is where the letters column would be. And uh, what you guys should do, if you enjoyed this first adventure as much as I have, you you owe Monkey Brain Comics a high five for getting it into your hands. Um, he gives them praise, and then he says, hey, go ahead and, and tell them if you want to see more. So there's nothing that says it's going to be more, but uh, it was good. I enjoyed the heck out of it. And the art is really, I think, fantastic. It's really good. So go check it out. Nice. Mask of the Red Panda. Mask of the Red Panda. Oh, it's brought really good. To you by Looseners Castor Oil Flakes. At one point, they actually had fake commercials like that mm-hmm. in their in their shows. Do you listen to it? I've listened to like the first four or five episodes. Was, did D and D Brian tie you down and make you listen? No, I think you, we talked about it on the show, or we oh, talked okay. about it after the show one time, and so I started listening to it. Oh, okay, yeah, you really. It's one of those that you can kind of pick up wherever, but I think it's fun to start from the beginning. Yeah, I'm about to, which is something I rarely do because I don't have time go back and literally start over from episode oh, one wow. and start over from the beginning to see, because it does change in real time and it's cool to see those changes over time. It's not like the characters remain static. Um, so it's, it's really good. Uh, I know that last year when we went to Nerdtacular, uh, D and D Brian, who's on our other podcast, critical hit mm-hmm. made Rob listen to like, I don't know, three months worth of red pants. Oh, so you could listen to a lot of them in that drive. Oh yeah. 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 Cause they're not very long. I was thinking about doing it on this year's drive. Oh yeah. Rodrigo might go a little nuts. So. <laughs> All right. That is red panda adventures. Matthew. Hello. Tell me about chin music. Everybody's talking about chin music, chin, chin, chin music. In this case, chin music is not the finishing move of Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. Oh no, 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 no. That's sweet chin music. Also, not to be confused with Mick Foley's version, Sweet Shin Music, where he'd kick you in the leg because he's Mick Foley and he's awesome and he really can't get his leg up that high. Shin Music is a book that I picked up solely out of fear that it would be awful and I'd miss it. 
because the, both of the creators are somewhat problematic for me, written by Steve Niles of 30 Days of Night fame and drawn by Tony, uh, 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 the guy with the Star Tony Man. Harris, Tony Harris. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now, I am reviewing the copy that uh, Image sent out for us to review. I think this comes out a week from today. Oh, okay. On the 8th. And, of course, I'm reviewing it with the horrible issue thing that they do when they send out the thing. So I'm, I'm just kind of hating everything. It starts out in kind of a, a Nick Danger office. And we see someone carving what look to be mystical arcane symbols into a bullet. Ooh. Ooh. Then we cut to some weird stuff going on in ancient Egypt. And a guy is like, oh, you're cursed. Ah, cursey, cursey, cursey. And he's in the shadow of the Sphinx, which is really pretty cool. I like the layouts. They're really, really super artsy. Yeah. But in the back, in the flashback sequences in uh, sort of that Tutankhamun era, it's really kind of cool and it works for me. And then I'm not exactly sure somewhere along the line. I can't tell if time passed or not. The, the horribly disfigured man crawls out into the desert and is nearly run over by a Model T, driven by Elliot Ness. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm a policeman. And then something happens and the guy is in, a, in a, an ambulance. I'm not entirely sure. There are some transitional issues at this point for me with getting from place to place. We see Ness go to his office and take a drink. Then oh, we I thought you to- were joking about Elliot Ness. No, it's actually Elliot Ness. Oh, okay. And we see him go back to his office and take a drink, and then we cut to a meeting of uh, criminals, which what I assume is probably uh, Capone, talking to a room full of his underlings about how, yeah, it's it's actually the dialogue isn't half bad in this portion. We've got some problems we need to rub out, see? we got some guys, and they're uh, out of the way, see? The last panel, Capone... Gets his brains blown out. Oh no! With no explanation. That's Love that ending. Good. Oh Love no! Not Capone. <sighs> yeah. Here's my thing, though. I am not sure what I just read. There are transitional storytelling issues from each portion of the book, so each portion is kind of interesting. Yeah. And Tony Harris has a thing with his art that is getting more and more prevalent and problematic for me is that everybody has the Jack Elam crazy eyes. Yes. Every single character he draws has the Jack Elam crazy eyes. And the problem that I have with the Jack Elam crazy eyes is it gives a secondary cue that that person is BF crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone in this book (laughs) gives me the visual expectation that they're off their bleeding nut. Maybe they are. I don't know. One does not just simply walk into Chicago and kill Capone. No. Understandable, and certainly not in the 1920s. I like the way they've tied together, you know, the historical expectation of the mob and guys and the, you know, the, the untouchables rushing in to take down the bad guys with the 1920s obsession with the Egyptomania, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That whole Tutankhamun boom around 1922 that was so huge. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure that this first issue is enough of a whole experience for me to really appreciate what they're going for. I am kind of lost, well, and I'm says, not lost in a good way. The solicitation says chin music is a tale of mysticism and violence like nothing you've experienced before. 
well, okay. Many of the things I've experienced before have had narrative coherence, so <laughs> I can see where that is a thing. I don't know. A, a combination of the art being really woo-hoo-hoo and writing that's way, way out there can be fun and can be awesome. This issue just feels incomplete, and I'm not sure if I want to come back for number two, not because it's bad necessarily, but it is off-putting. Visually, it's off-putting that everybody got the crazy eyes. And from a storytelling perspective, I'm not sure where time passes, uh, whether there's a difference in space. Clearly, someone manages to get from Egypt to Chicago, unless I'm missing a page, which may be possible. I'm not entirely certain. I, I, I don't know. I didn't get the full experience from this book. I think probably if one comes to the store, I may, you know, look at the actual physical printed copy in my hand so I can enjoy the two page spreads and such. Yeah. And really break it down and say, okay, is this something where it's actually going to live up to the possibly interesting background material and, and, and the setting? I'm worried. Two slices of meatloaf for this book. It troubles me in that I kind of wanted it to be a train wreck. And then I got into it and I'm like, Ooh, this could go really great places. And then part of me wanted it to be super awesome. And the next big Sandman. And I didn't really get either. I got kind of a frustrating and, and stultifying book, which is not the experience that I wanted to have with a number one. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. All right. Young Zach, what about you? You're reading a book that's actually released in digital first, right? Yes. This is the controversial Adventures of Superman that was once, that mm-hmm. once had Orson Scott Card's story in the first issue. Right. But was that since was replaced. Slated. not. Yes, right. it was replaced by Tales by Jeff Parker, Jeff Lemire, and Justin Jordan. Right. It has now finally reached our print hands, or is it still in digital? Uh, no, this is the, so what DC has been doing is they've been releasing, uh, digital comics first and then they take roughly about uh three of those issues that come out every week and then put right. them into a a paper right and so this is the first installment of the digital which will then later after the next two come out will then down the line ah, be see. put into a full issue okay but this is the installment by jeff parker and chris samney okay. which came out on monday Excellent. That's the yes. other thing about those DC uh, digital first books is they do come out on Monday. Yeah, and they not come out on Wednesday. I think every day of the week they have. Well, it's maybe Sunday, or they have. Well, it's on the very, very back of this. They have a schedule of Superman on Monday, Injustice on Tuesday, Arrow on Wednesday, Legends of the Dark Knight on Thursday, Smallville season eleven on Friday, and Justice League Beyond, Superman Beyond, and Batman Beyond on Saturday. Awesome. A full week. Gotta love that. first comics from DC. Yeah. And so, we open up in this issue with a crazy citizen screaming and just stuff flying everywhere. It's, a, you can tell this guy has something wrong with him. He's screaming. People are flying. He's obviously controlling people with his minds, but he doesn't seem uh, in, in the right state of mind. He kind of seems uh, not wanting to do what is happening. It seems like it's just unnaturally happening to him but he's still causing lots of panic and bump it up bum superman arrives hey, hey and he's catching cars and saving people and he's trying to get this guy to stop and kind of goes out and thinks oh i'm superman i'll be able to stop this guy right away 
and this guy turns on him and does some weird mind thingy and makes Superman punch himself in the face, which looked awesome. Superman punching himself in the face? Yeah. I'm buying this now yes. on Comicsology. Superman right punched now. himself in the face, and then he flew backwards through the block, through a vehicle, through a newspaper stand, through a cement wall, and then finally stopped after punching him. Quit hitting yourself, Clark. I mean, Superman. Yeah. I mean, kal I mean, god dang it. Dang, too many names. And so, the fighting continues. Superman, obviously distraught, keeps fighting, fighting, fighting. Eventually, this man is putting off so much energy, can't control himself. Superman gets to him, touches him, and he, he just he dies instantaneously. Superman doesn't hit him, doesn't throw him against anything. He just places his hand on him, and he yells, and then he dies. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. I, I, it was, it was so random. And then we find out there's some drug on his body. And apparently, uh, Superman has been watching a lot of Breaking Bad or just knows a lot about meth because the cop says, oh, look, he's doing meth. <laughs> and, and then Clark does this, uh, zooms in on the drugs and said, no, that's not meth, but I've never seen anything like this. And then... The reveal happens, and it's pretty cool of what is making uh, this average citizen go just bonkers. And you can read that. I won't tell. It's pretty cool. Does the uh, does the story wrap up in this? It or actually is it, is, or does it? We have to wait three issues, um, three this, weeks to get. I to mean, it. this there it's obvious. It teases for stuff coming, but it is a, a complete story. Oh, okay. Like cool. it this dealt with with the citizen is done. And yeah, it teases more like most things will do. It's, I mean, it's essentially a, a complete story in these 23 pages of like long ways uh, on your iPad or whatever digital yeah, device you want to read this horizontally. on. That's, yeah. that's, that's the thing is it's basically you're taking a vertical page, yes. you're splitting it in half and then putting a half a page horizontally mm-hmm. on your comiXology. Right. And so instead of getting... You know, you're getting, I don't know how many pages, uh, 30-some pages. Really, it only turns out to be like 10 pages or something. Right. Once it's collected in the regular print. Right. Which uh, makes the 99-cent price tag on this somewhat bearable. Because... You think? I think think it's a good price. If I'm going to pay $2.99 for 20 pages, and eventually... Once you put them all, you put three books together, two ninety nine of this, it makes a full issue. I think. Well, I mean, I can see your point, yeah. obviously, but here I just talked about Mask of the Red Panda, where you can get thirty two full pages, yes, for ninety nine cents. No, Monkey Brains it kicks the crap out of every company when it comes to digital comics because they are just killing it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't go out and buy Legends of the Dark Knight this oh, way. Right, no, right. Um, but I do, but it does become kind of a bitter pill every time I'm like, I'm getting half a comic. I'm actually getting one half of one half half a comic, comic on every page. Yeah. So there is that, uh, art by Chris Samney. Just, just wonderful. Uh, Superman all over the emotional realm with his faces. People are screaming. It's just a wonderful, wonderful book to look at. So I'm going to give this uh, three and a half slices of meatloaf. 
it's a good story. I'm glad it, it kind of wraps up in one with leading on to more. I'm hoping that it's the same team that will finish this story and it doesn't keep going on to right other people. Because I know on Legends of Dark Knight, sometimes they'll get like on a three or four week stint of like the same creator doing an arc. So yeah. I'm hoping that... This one, this one says Jeff Parker, Jeff Lemire, and Justin Jordan. So, and this is the not. this is the wasn't that print. the lineup of Instinct? <laughs> Excuse me, yeah, no. um, yeah. This, uh, this is what they have for the print version of the right. comic. So, so. I'm going to assume it, the, everything's going to change the next issue. Yeah, everything's going to change again. But I'm I'm going to keep reading it. Cool. Yep. But maybe they all tie together into a bigger story arc. Yeah, and I'd be okay. Well, or maybe not. Or maybe not. Or That's not. right. All right, listeners, earlier we mentioned about the website, Majorspoilers.com. You can read even more reviews over there. In fact, why don't we take a break really quick and listen to one of our other reviewers talk about a comic that they've read this past week. Hey, guys. So I finally finished this manga, which came out a few weeks ago. The title is a little unwieldy, so bear with me. It's Mobile Suit Gundam, The Origin, Volume 1, Activation. So basically, this is the first volume of a new retelling of the original Mobile Suit Gundam story. For those not familiar with the world of Gundam, it's commonplace to call the Gundam franchise the Japanese equivalent of Star Trek. In terms of its cultural impact, longevity, and ubiquity, that's a pretty good comparison, but the content of the two things is very different. There's so much Mobile Suit Gundam content out there, it's hard to know where to start. There are movies, TV series, manga, novels, video games, and many, many, many alternate universes. But it all starts with the original Mobile Suit Gundam, a TV series that revolutionized anime. This manga is a retelling of that first story, with a few variations that work to modernize everything while keeping the original storyline and characters intact. The setup is that most of mankind has moved into colonies in outer space. After the colony farthest from the Earth declares independence, a very nasty war breaks out a war fought with giant armored humanoid robots called mobile suits. It touches on themes of the cost of war, the evolution of the human race, youth, freedom, and plenty of good stuff. Short of watching the first series or its movie trilogy adaptation, this is your best bet for delving into the world of mobile suits. The presentation is simply gorgeous. The book is bound in a hefty hardcover with glossy pages, and the first few pages of each chapter is colored in beautiful watercolors. The writer and artist Yoshikazu Yosuhiku is one of the artists who worked on the original Mobile Suit Gundam, so everything is perfectly on model. I really can't get over how great this all looks. And this classic story, with its big characters and bigger action, still holds up. I love the little tweaks Yosuhiku makes to fix some old plot holes, but he keeps it all true to the original. This edition seems like it should cost more than it does. It lists for $30, but you can find it easily for $15 or $16 on Amazon, which is a steal. Mobile Suit Gundam Origins will delight fans old and new. I give this first volume five stars out of five, and I cannot wait until the next volume is released. Back to you, folks. Thank you, George. And it's always good to have one of the staff members calling in with one of books, one of the books that they have been reading. And listeners, you if said you want hinting broadly. Yes, if you want to read that, uh, if you want to read that book. There are a couple of ways you could do it. One way, you could go to your local comic book store. Another way you could do it, because I think this is a collected trade, um, you could head over to Majorspoilers.com, click on that Amazon.com link, and buy through there. Yeah. Same price. You can get it at the same delivery time. Heck, if you want to throw in a uh, new computer or an iPad or one of those Kindle paper white uh, editions, you yeah. can do that as well. It's a Ranger price. Keys. Yeah, some Ranger yeah. Keys. Matthew's all over the Ranger Keys. A little bit floats back our way. 
and helps uh, keep everything going week after week and allows us to do some uh, expanded stuff, including bringing on other podcasts like Wayne's Pod, uh, Wayne's Comics Podcast into the Major Spoilers Podcast Network Master Feed. So happy to have that there and thank everyone for their support. Okay, man, okay. so many troubles already. My mind is in a million places. Mm-hmm. But uh, it does come back to one thing here at Major Spoilers at this time of the show. You know what time? What time? Hey, Zach. Hey, Matthew. <laughs> what time is it when Sean Connery gets to Wimbledon? Uh, according to my clock, it's 848. No, it's 10 Hmm. <laughs> and it's time <laughs> for the Major <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> oh! week. This is getting ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, and the best part is there was no trickery involved in that. That's just me being a blowhard. Yep. Week, 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 week. Major spoilers, poll of the week this week. Comic book matchups, we've done these many a times. Pitting uh, Superman versus Batman, Batman versus mm-hmm. The Flash, Batman versus Aquaman, Batman, Batman versus Captain wins. America. Batman always wins. My yes. name is Batman, and I always win because Logan, I'm stupid. Logan versus Batman. Spider-Man, Juggernaut versus Superman. You know, those kind of fights are really mm-hmm. cool. Supernaut versus Juggerman. This <laughs> week, we ask the all-important question, who would win in a fight? Bruce Lee or Jet Lee? Mm-hmm. Zach, go. Yes. I'm going to go on this one. Um... You know, there's probably a couple different ways you can look on this. Fighting styles, better haircut, who got cut with a claw thing and still kicked the crap out of the bad guy on the island. Oh, so you have watched it. Good. Yes. Um, Is that the one with the polar bear? Um, no, that's Lost. Okay. Yeah. Let's um, get those confused. But the way I'm coming at this is I've only seen one of these two individuals play ping pong proficiently with a pair of nunchucks. <laughs> and that's why, in this fight, Bruce Lee would bend gently over and spank him with said nunchucks. Matthew, Zach. what about you? Zach. Yes, Matthew. I-, I want you to know something. What's that? It's going to break your heart. Doubt it. That 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 was digitally altered for a, a commercial in the 90s. Don't care. It happened in my mind. I saw it on YouTube. Okay, cool. So everything you've seen on YouTube happens? <laughs> yeah. Zach was oh, telling me about a guy who... Who snorts a condom through his nose and then pulls it out of his mouth. Not just a guy, mostly teenagers. Yeah, and I can tie a cherry in a, in a knot with only my tongue and a pre-tied cherry stem that I've stashed in my cheek. Anyway, for me, going back to the, the fighty and the fighty fighty and the fighty fighty fighty, there is really one question that I ask myself in any one of these fights. I mean, there's the question of speed, technique, ability. There's the question of, you know, did you create your own martial art? What are you trained in? What do you do? Are you mostly a martial artist? Are you an actor who learned martial arts? Are you a guy? But really, when it comes down to it, all of that kind of stacks and stacks and stacks. And I get to that level where I have to ask the one question. And this question, the answer to this question always wins the poll of the week. Did you play Mother Lovin' Kato? (laughs) And if the answer is yes, then you have my vote. But Jet Li did play Bat Black Mask, which is somewhat based on Kato. You know what? (laughs) I can put on a mask 
and walk down the streets and call myself Cato. My cat had kittens in the oven. That does not make them biscuits. Hey, hey, Matthew. Did you play Mother Lovin' Cato? Hey, Matthew. Hey, what's up? I gotta tell you something. What's up? All of Bruce Lee playing Cato. Yeah. It's all digitally altered. <laughs> 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 Never really happened. <laughs> Zach wins the show for this week. <laughs> Good night, Zach, folks. Zach is awarded one internet. Yes. <laughs> that makes one internet for me in total. <laughs> uh, who wins in a fight for me this week? You know, it's really interesting. Obviously, if Bruce Lee and Jet Li actually did fight, the fans would win. Right? Of course. Yeah. You gotta understand Bruce Lee would be in his early 80s now, wouldn't he? But isn't uh, Jet Li in his like uh, 60s or something like that? He looks mighty... Uh, I don't believe so. No, he's like uh, 50-something. Yeah, Bruce Lee was born in like the 30s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Born in 63 is when, uh, so he's 50 Bruce as Jet Lee? Li. Jet Li was born in uh, 63. Oh. Bruce Lee was born in 1940. Yep. So apparently he'd have about a, tw- about a quarter of a century on him. Well, I mean, if you talk, if you looked at both both of them in their prime... Yeah. And I I think people are like, well, Jet Li is not really a martial artist. He is a martial artist. He's a really good martial yes. artist. Now, he didn't develop his own technique. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, his back was never broken um, to where he was laid up for months at a time, forcing him to relearn how to fight. But he's a pretty accomplished fighter. At the end of the day, if this were an Olympic karate tournament or jujitsu or whatever that they do at the Olympics, I forget which one. I don't know. Neither one of these, because they don't do either one. Um, <laughs> but if this were they an Olympic... Do Olympic fighty fighty. If they were doing their their styles um, in an Olympic style where you were scoring points, mm-hmm. I think it would be a very narrow margin uh, in favor of Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. And I mean narrow. I'm talking about maybe a point or two. You know, it's not going to be a TKO or... It really or, depends on what you're actually gauging on, too, because I mean... Jet Li clearly has multiple wushu disciplines under his belt. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're looking at it in terms of we are grading you specifically on your utilization of northern long fist style, it's it's, it's a tough one. But did you play (laughs) Mother Lovin' Kate? I, I didn't spend any time looking this up to see who he learned his style from. Oh, he learned his fi- his style from Chinua of the Northern uh, Hemisphere. No, I, for Jet Li, I just was looking because uh, well, I've got some. I've got something. <laughs> He's on my a master for next of week. Ji Kwan. I've, I've got something on my sleeve for next week. Fist. Uh, Who would win in a mo- fight? Yes, Matthew or Zach. Uh, I think that's pretty that's easy tough- answer, Zach. No. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry that you would not win. <laughs> yeah, first of all, all you have to do is keep. Uh, Moving around, <laughs> and then eventually, Matthew. Oh, I'm sorry, over. I can't throw things at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends again, going back to what kind of fight. So, I think that Bruce Lee would win on points, but I think in a fight, fight, I think both of them would come out equally damaged. I don't think that there would be a clear winner. I think this would be one of those Steve. where, no, I mean, you in an actual in an actual fight, fight, I think that they would kick each other's asses uh-huh. for 20 minutes, yelling, "Put on the sunglasses," <laughs> and then. At the end of it, they would be like, you know what? There is no winner in this fight. But if it were, you know, point systems, Mm -hmm. I think Bruce Lee would probably win in that. Mm. 
So okay. either Bruce Lee or Kaju of the Heavenly Time Star, better known as Kirin Ranger. Um, uh, Alicia picked Bruce Lee. Russ Cat said uh, Bruce Lee. A lot of people here in the comment section said Bruce Lee. Jet Lee yeah. is who uh, uh, Hezzy said. Uh, I had to take on Jet, says Andreas. Bruce Lee says uh, Jason. Uh, skipping down here. Jet Lee says old comic fan. Um, Arrow Helen One says anyone who voted for Jet Lee is very young. Bruce Lee, in my honest opinion, opinion was the closest thing the human race had to a superhuman. And then there's a uh, video of uh, Bruce Lee uh, playing ping pong with his nunchucks, which apparently is not true, Zach. Did but how did the rest of the uh, major spoilers nation vote this week, Matthew? The major spoilers nation, 208 votes as of this particular moment, 82% picking Bruce Lee uh, because his picture is so much prettier. 18% siding with Jet Li. Now, I will say this. I, I'm, I'm actually kind of uh, one in five votes against Bruce Lee for anybody. That's kind of impressive. I mean, if it comes down mm. to it, you got Bruce Lee is kind of in that. It's like Bruce Lee and Fonzie and Jimmy Carter. And that's the 1970s for you. Well, but see, so here's another question then. And I, I know we're running long on time because we've got to get Matt, to some other stuff here in a minute. Time is time. But remember how in like the. In the 70s, Wilt the Stilt was like the best basketball player ever. And then in the 80s, you had Jordan and Larry Bird mm -hmm. and uh, Magic Johnson were just like, oh, the best ever. But if you take Larry Bird in his prime, mm -hmm. and I know this is going to cause a lot of people, but and then you take somebody who's in their prime now who's a big basketball megastar. Right. LeBron James. LeBron, okay. That'll work. Who's going to win? Oh, LeBron James. Cleveland. Why? No. Uh, because he's bigger and he could kick Larry Bird See, in the and that's, face and he would probably die. But that's the thing. You're, so I'm you're wondering if... You're entirely in, in expectations. Right. Right. But I mean, if you took Bruce Lee out of the time stream mm -hmm. and you took at his prime and you took Jet Li out of the time stream at his prime, would there be a difference in Jet Li has been trained in all of these different things and has gotten better mm -hmm. and has improved because he's learned from doing all these other things. Yeah. And Jet and Bruce Lee is at this other point in time, which, you know, comparatively, one is going to have an advantage over the other. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's it's just like if you took Wilt the Stilt, you took Magic Johnson, you took LeBron, all at their primes, even Michael Jordan, throw him in there, all in their primes, who would be the best basketball player? Well, some people might say... Michael Jordan, mm -hmm. but I bet if you put them together on the court, it might turn out a little differently. I'd say Sugar Dunkerton. There you go. From that the is a, that's a Sugar. Matthews Hostess uh, <laughs> snack that he eats every morning. Sugar Dunkertons. No, that's the bubblegum tape. <laughs> By the way, Hostess is out of business, man. Oh, okay. Are they? Oh. They're with, with the B. Daltons in the imaginary strip mall in your head. Oh, boy. That's the best place to hang out. All the cool people hang out at that. Yeah, everyone's. Yeah. Kurt Cobain and, and Bruce Lee and yeah, that see. guy from The Doors. See what, I, see what I'm telling you? All right, listeners, you can head over to spoilers.com and you can check out the, the poll of the week and cast your vote and share your thoughts, just like many other people have. All right, Auto now it is time to take a listen it's to time. Halo talk about Iron Man 3. Um, Smarking Out Adam is back with another webcomic and a whole lot more. Stick around. Hey guys, it's Adam again. I really had fun telling you about No Pink Ponies last week, so I thought I'd review another webcomic that I read for you again this week. 
Um, this one's called Super Normal Step. It's written and drawn by Michael Lunsford. This comic is divided neatly into books, uh, chapters and other places it, it calls it. And I'm two books in at this point. This comic revolves around a blue-haired girl named Fiona who has been sucked into an alternate dimension by some weird wormhole thing. Uh, we don't find this out right away, but it's not very spoilery. You find it out pretty quick. This dimension has magic in it, and Fiona develops powers very quickly. She heads out to try to find a way back to her home dimension with a, a mage, uh, with another mage, and a, and a guy who's been turned into a stuffed bunny who can still move around and talk and be the general jerk that he was before he was turned into the stuffed bunny. Seemingly ruling this dimension is a shadowy figure with stormtrooper-type bad guys. Uh, at the top of these stormtrooper guys, but below the shadowy figure, are Hall and Eva Henderson, who have green hair. They're presumably brother and sister, and they apparently can't be hurt to the point that they sometimes don't notice when a pipe has been shoved through their abdomen. Hall, the, the guy, seems to have developed a thing for Fiona, so that's probably going somewhere. Um, you're you're kind of dropped in the middle into the middle of this one from the beginning, so you got to be prepared for that. The really big plus for this comic is that it is beautiful. It's full color and it's very detailed. The the art is pretty. It's stylized. The characters are, dis are distinct in their look. It's it's not a a, a realism styled comic. It's it's a little cartoony, but it, I I like that. This is this is what keeps me reading because, quite frankly. I'm totally lost. Now, I confess that perhaps I'm just a moron, but I'm getting pretty good grades on my way to my master's degree. But again, to be fair, my degree is not in webcomics, so I could be the problem here. Still, two books or chapters or whatever you want to call them in, I feel like I should have some idea of what's going on, and I don't. Fiona's powers are even totally random, or at least they seem like they are. Maybe I'm just not there yet. Again, though, this is so nicely drawn that I keep coming back to see if I can figure it out. You can find it all at supernormalstep.com, really easy. For now, I'm going to have to give this one two stars, which pains me because it's so pretty. But I'm just completely lost. If I keep reading and it takes an awesome revealing turn, I'll let you all know so I can be fair to the author. Thanks, guys. Greetings and salutations, major spoilers. It's just me, Cat Halo, back again. Want to talk a bit about Iron Man and wax lyrical about Superman. This week, I saw Iron Man 3. My review is actually up on the major spoilers website, but I just wanted to boast, I guess, that I saw it again, and the movie is still pretty darn awesome. I've seen it now in both 2 and 3D, and while normally I'm quite the advocate of 3D, in this case, don't bother. It doesn't add anything to the movie, so check it out in 2D. The movie is definitely fun, funny, and quite explodey, and there are bits that will absolutely warrant conversation afterwards, and I'm really looking forward to hearing the Major Spoilers crew talk about it in a couple of weeks. As much as Iron Man was cool, after the trailer release a few weeks back, it's actually Man of Steel that I'm really looking forward to this summer. That could be the bestest trailer of all the times. My earliest movie memories are of Star Wars and Superman, memories from when I was like two or three. And I've been waiting a long, long time for a cool Superman movie. Superman has never been as cool as like Batman, except for in 92 when he was dead. But this movie really looks like it could change that. I'm super psyched for this. I actually remember in 92 when he died, you know, on the topic of your book review this week, 
it actually made the news all the way over here in Ireland. I didn't have access to a comic shop for a couple more years, but this trade appeared in regular book book shops and was one of the first trades I ever bought with my own money. Alas, I actually lost my copy a great many years ago, so I've not read it in many years, but I remember the book very, very fondly. Especially the final issue, which was just all massive splash pages, which was very cool. I really liked that book, and if the movie can be half as cool as the book, I'm psyched. And my final thought is, Bruce Lee for the win. And that's me done. Um, follow me on the Twitters, at Cat Halo Movies. Like my Facebook page, Cat Halo Movies. I actually have a What Movie Are You Looking Forward to Most This Summer poll up, so if you want to cast your vote, that would be cool. And check out the Major Sporters Forum, too, for smart thoughts from like-minded individuals. Cheers, guys, and have yourselves a great week. And enjoy Iron Man 3. The time was 1938. And uh, two little kids <laughs> in Cleveland decided that they would create comic book hero a comic book hero that would stand head and shoulders above everyone else and be a representation of truth justice and the american way and for 50 years or so superman was the top of the charts mm. selling millions and millions and millions of comic books that's great but then in the 1980s the comic industry kind of started to decline the implosion of strange comics in the 90s and the early 90s especially caused a lot of turmoil for companies like DC and Marvel. And Superman was not the top of the charts anymore. And in, oh my. And in 1992, DC had to face the question, what do we do with Superman? Put him in a longboat till he's sober? <laughs> no, that's what you do with a drunken sailor. I get this confused. <laughs> what do we do with a Superman? How do we make him more interesting? John Byrne had just had a uh, kind of a very messy breakup with uh, with DC over the Man of Steel. About four years earlier. Yeah, and there were still repercussions after that. I mean, the John Byrne Superman uh, was really good. I mean, it really kind of rebooted Superman, right? I mean, gave him that Literally modern, yeah, yeah, that modern uh, retelling of Superman. But then sales after uh, Byrne left and Roger Stern took over, just sales started to drop. And uh, so they tried to figure out a way to make Superman relevant. And then jokingly, jokingly, um, Jerry Ordway kept suggesting, let's just kill Superman. <laughs> and he kept, he kept joking about it until someone said, hey, wait a minute. What would happen if we did kill Superman? Mark, Mike Carlin behind this. Mike Carlin stated the world was taking Superman for granted, so we literally said, let's show the world what it would be like without Superman. And thus, the death of Superman story started in the Man of Steel number 18 that ended with the caption, Doomsday is coming. Doomsday. Doom. And uh, Doomsday, Matthew, is a, is a what? What is Doomsday? Doomsday is... Uh, he's actually part machine uh, from a planet called Plot. He's uh, a plot device. And uh, <laughs> we're not entirely sure at this point. All we know is that he has been kept in an underground bunker. And for about seven or eight issues, we kept seeing doom, doom. Yeah, doom. occasionally we'd see this fist punching a Just wall or fist. something. And that's yes. all you would get. 
for issues and in, at And finally, a time. in Superman colon The Man of Steel number 18 on the first page, we see that fist smashing through the super thick steel walls with a crack of doom. And Doomsday comes out. Now, originally in 1992 or 93, um, I believe DC's announcement referred to him as an intergalactic mental patient. Yeah, I remember that. Someone who was being kept in an insane asylum. Yeah. And people kind of found that a little bit offensive. So I think DC quickly dropped that like it was hot and backed off. Um, But at this point in time, all we know is that he's incredibly powerful. Someone locked him away for some offense, and now he's breaking free. And he's just, and as the story progresses, we just discover that he is a doomsday is a nonstop killing machine. Nothing can take him down. Yep. I mean, the next issue where, um, um, the justice league of America get in it on this. I mean, he goes through doomsday goes through guy Garner and blue beetle and booster gold and maxima and fire and ice and Bloodwind and just makes mincemeat out of those cats. <laughs> can, can you name any of those people again? Uh, guy Gardner, blue beetle, booster gold, okay. maxima, which I always thought was a kind of cool character. Fire, ice, blood wind. Fire, ice. I hadn't seen about half of those characters ever before. Probably not because they were. Blood wind had a very short run. He was kind of what is he? DC's answer to Falcon. No, blood wind is actually the Martian. Oh, spoilers. The Martian manhunter in disguise. Oh, that's right. That's why he's able about to, that. to do what he does. I had forgotten about oh. that. Yeah, he showed up and he was kind of this uh, mystical, fighty, fighty kind of brother voodoo guy. But it turns out it was all the Martian Manhunter using his Martian Manhunter powers. You know what's kind of cool about this series as I look through it? Oh, of course. So the fight keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And yeah. the punches get harder and harder and harder. And um, Superman ultimately has to take on um, Doomsday on his home turf in Metropolis. Mm-hmm. And they fight and they punch and they kick and they scratch and they claw. And finally, both of them at the same time punch and kill each other at the same time. Yeah. And Superman dies in the arms of Lois Lane. In the arms of the Lois. <laughs> the death of Superman hitting dun, dun, hit dun. in uh, Superman number 75 was yes. that issue. <laughs> and I remember, oh, probably six months ahead of this reading in the newspaper, kind of like the time that I read that uh, they were going to kill Robin. Mm-hmm. This yeah. got a lot of press when DC announced mm-hmm. this was not, I, this may have been an accidental slow news day, or maybe it was something on purpose, but when they let that press release go, people went ape crazy months yeah. in advance of Superman dying. And as you kept mm-hmm. going issue after issue after issue and getting closer and closer to the death the fever storm started to get really crazy, I remember. And at our comic shop, which was Gulliver's here in Hayes before uh, they closed and went out of business, they put limits on how many issues you could get. There were two issues. Oh, wow. There was the unbagged uh, edition that just had the the gravestone cover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you can get the black polybagged that had like an armband and a little metal rest in peace Superman. I've still got mm-hmm. those around here huh. somewhere. Oh, in fact, in I know poster. that they're in the new, in a poster. They're in the nerd room of doom right now. Mm-hmm. I got and, like uh, 90 of those things. I know. And that was well, kind of I, a bad thing that came I out of this. I don't have, per se, I have uh, the control and uh, stewardship of the ones if, that belong to Gatekeeper. If you want to see what happened with the speculation market in 1992, um, or whenever Death of Superman uh, 
or Superman 75 came out. 75 came out in 93. Yes, 93, yep. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It came out in 92. 93, wasn't it? No, no, no. no. Funeral for a Friend. Funeral for a Friend ran from January to June of 1993. The death of Superman ran from October 92 to November of 92. I guess it's street dated January of 93, which means that's how long it would have stayed on the shelves. Here's why I remember this. Because our comic book shop limited, you could get one bagged and one non-bagged issue. And that was it because they were limited on the number of orders. Well, a bunch of people ordered the bag 75 Mm -hmm. and then on the day never came in to pick them up. And because the store didn't want to lose its shirt, if you came back two days later, you could buy more issues. And I think I want to say that they were selling them at double the price. And I want to say this was like a. It was a dollar and a quarter book. Was it a, was it a dollar and a quarter book bagged? Yeah. I remember going in and saying, I want five of these. And I ended up getting five of these, selling one for $75, Whoa. another for $50, and another for, I want to say $120. You just You're like, turned around. around? I just turned around because right people away. are like, oh, I just heard that the Superman guy's dead. <laughs> oh, my boyfriend just really loves Superman. Or, oh, my dad really loves Superman and would love to get their hands on that comic. And I'm like... I'll sell it to you. How much you want to pay? Oh, I'll pay you $50. I'm like, sold. <laughs> right. So I made, and the reason why people were spending the money was because everyone was trying to buy these as Christmas gifts. Right. And oh. thinking that I buy this comic now for 50 bucks or 75 bucks. And this is in $1992. I made a, I made my Christmas these. money for that year. <laughs> I, I think I, I'd have to go back and look, but I think I bought the uh, complete star Wars audio drama on CD that year. <laughs> Uh, with wow. that money. Um, but people were crazy for this. And if the next thing you know, as Matthew said, yeah. <laughs> the floor dropped out on it because uh, back in, a month later. So. No, no, no. no back in many. almost uh, six months later, suddenly Superman is back. Right. And yeah. so suddenly people are like, I can't believe I bought this comic <laughs> for 50 bucks. What am I going to do with it? And so Matthew's store now has 90 of them sitting around. Oh, we had them. You see, the thing about the sales records that they don't tell you is those are sales to the retailer. Sure, it's to the retailer. But I remember here, I remember here, they were sold out. And I remember going at, well, at at Gulliver's they were, because I went in and bought five of them and I know some other people bought them. And I think they had like three issues left at the end of that Christmas holiday season. Yeah, I bought, well... How many my did story you buy? is Superman. And uh, I bought two, and one of those I didn't buy until later. See, I went in the day, and I remember it being it was nuts packed. It was store. nuts, and I got my books, and they were so busy that Billy put all my stuff in the bag, and we got Damn. to talking, and she forgot to pay to charge me. Oh, I never <laughs> paid for my Superman seventy five until I came back, like a day or two later, and I think I bought I bought the gravestone, the black bag edition that day, right read it and then I went back and bought the alternate cover a couple of days later. I'm almost certain. But yeah, and it was it was a huge deal, but it was a huge deal on a scale where there were millions and millions and millions of copies printed. Right. But people thought that they were rare. If I were oh, if you sure. were to walk yeah. into my store right now with a mint condition, unopened, black bag edition, gravestone cover. I have one. $1,000, Matthew? $2,000? $3,000? $4,000? And I'd sell it oh. for 10 Wow. 
possibly 12, depending on the state of it. I paid about 25 for mine. I have six copies of Superman number 75, three bagged, three unbagged in my Mm -hmm. bag issue bins right now. I have at least nine more in the cave ready to just leap forward and, and take the place. I also have five second printings. I had some third printings, but they went in the 50 cent bin. And the fourth printing and down uh, literally that's um it's Kleenex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a book that in the back market, if you get six dollars out of it as a now and I'm talking as the retailer, not as the person trying to sell it to a store, if you get six dollars out of it, maybe you're lucky. Now if you get the platinum I might give you $15 for the platinum. $1,500. Awesome. $15 (laughs) for the platinum. But here's the thing. The platinum is extremely limited. Yeah. yeah. The platinum had a limited print run, you see. So when they released in the paper, it was actually confirmed. It wasn't like speculation of Superman might die. No, no, no. no. It was, was, I remember in, it was either August or September when the newspaper hit. I was working at the radio station at the time. And I remember reading the news, reading the newspaper and seeing that and going, oh my gosh, I can try to work this into a bit on the show where every time an issue comes out, I can give listeners an update on this. And Mm -hmm. I took it to Todd, the, the program manager. And he's like, um, yeah, I don't think people really care about the, about Superman. (laughs) <laughs> that was his comment to me. And I was like, He's okay, right. uh, you know, and really that would have been the start of me talking about <laughs> the comics uh, yeah. back in 92, um, at least to a wider audience. Uh, so, yeah, it was crazy. But this really kind of, and I don't think this was the peak of the 90s uh, speculation market, but it certainly it, was, it, it certainly it was, was a part. To it. Yeah, because it was like 93, 94 or something like that, where everything just kind of fell apart. We got. Uh-huh. In, I think we got into about '96 before the bottom really fell out. The bad girl craze was still in the future when mm. this book came out. But I, I just remember people thinking, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to send my kid to college with this book." No, you're not. That's what they thought. <laughs> I remember people thinking that. Well, people are stupid. Yeah, back then you never know. So let's talk about the comics. So uh, Zach, what did you think okay. about the death of Superman? Well, my thoughts were as follows: as I read through them. Oh, there's some people I don't know getting punched by this guy I don't really know. Oh, they get punched again. Oh, some more punching, punching. Superman gets punched. And then, oh, they're almost in Metropolis. This is okay. And then, holy crap, that 75th issue mm-hmm. is was unbelievable. I and They really tricked you. enjoyed though. that. They super tricked you because if you if you read the books, and this is a really neat trick, and I I, I give DC editorial mad props for this. Um, the the story kind of trickles in and trickles in, and then you get to Man of Steel eighteen, and it starts. Yeah, that's the official. And by start. the time you get to Superman seventy four, you see the page. You know things are broken up, and all of a sudden we break down to where in. Adventure Superman number 497 comes up next. There are five panels on every page. And then the next issue, four Mm -hmm. panels on Mm -hmm. every page. And then three panels and two panels. And finally, when you get to Superman 75, it is a 40-page comic told entirely in splash pages. Yeah, yeah, single panel pages. Mm -hmm. Single panel splashes done by Dan Juergens before he got really, really annoying. Yeah, yeah. and (laughs) and what's cool about that is is that visually – 
the battle keeps building up to this climactic moment where it's just like, boom, 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 and then pow. And then you're hit with that trifold page mm-hmm. where Superman is dead, dead. And you're just like, whoa. Yeah. But and you're I, right. I, I mean, mean there's I not, there's really not much. I read Superman before this. Sure. And so, because I always thought, eh, it's Superman, whatever. But then this, this has changed me. <laughs> so there's not much of a story there, right? It's nothing no, but it's a not fight. Really, and no. Superman having to come to this, uh, this realization, am I going to kill something? Am I going to kill this thing? Or what? how far will I go as Superman to stop this thing? Mm-hmm. Right. And as Carlin said, we wanted to make the world uh, appreciate having a Superman around. And as the story unfolds, there's only one issue that actually has a significant plot to it. It's the one where they're in Ohio and uh, Doomsday busts into the family's house. Oh, yeah. And what's mm-hmm. really interesting is in that one chapter, you see this kid who goes from, oh, man, Superman's the lamest. That guy really sucks. Now, God, God, mm-hmm. that guy is cool, man. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Doomsday and Superman and the Justice uh, League all bust through the house and are fighting, fighting, fighting. This kid's just like freaking out and going, oh, my gosh, look, Guy Garner's face is all punched to a pulp and yet he's still fighting. And then Superman comes in and saves him. And by the time you end that issue, the kid's like, no, Superman, I hope you, you're so cool, man. I hope you live. You're awesome, Superman. Yeah, basically in that, in that span of one issue, and I forget who wrote that one issue. Matthew probably has it there and can look it up real quick. I believe it's Stern. Is it Stern? I think, I think this whole thing is written by, uh, the, by the, the Superman conclave. There was Stern and Juergens and, um, Simonson. Simonson and one other guy. I can't remember. Carl Kessel. Well, actually, they have a lot. Um, writers, all three arcs, Jurgens, uh, Louise Simonson, yeah. Roger Stern. That's arcs one and turn. Arcs one and two are Jerry Ordway. Arcs two and three is Carl Kessel. Arc two only, William Messner Loeb's. And arc three, Gerard Jones. Uh, so that arc three would be the return of Superman. Right, um, that's later down the line. Yeah, so arc one is the death of Superman. So you're right. At- this is Stern and Simonson and, and the other thing. Now I will say this: the the writing is very much of a piece, even though oh, yeah, you yeah. get different expectations. The art, on the other hand, shifting from classic Dan Jurgens right to young Tom Grummet mm-hmm. to oh my God, what is John Bogdanove mm-hmm. on? To a Butch Guise, Butch Geis, however you pronounce his name. It is very, very distracting because Superman doesn't even look like the same creature no. from issue to issue. Well, His entire body structure changes yeah. from Geis to Bogdanove and then back to uh, Jurgens, And it's, it's, it's a little off-putting to me. Well, it is, I guess, in the collected, but just like today, you've got how many X-Men books and Wolverine looks how different in all yeah. of them. But and if they you didn't had... try to, they don't no. necessarily always try to make one coherent six issue storyline. Story no, 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 no. Uh, and I would agree that that's the problem, but that's the problem with having multiple artists on anything mm-hmm. is they're not going to look the same. And I agree. Some, some of the art is not that good. Some of the art I think is really good. Yeah. And um, you can but I can see because artists. we're looking at multiple books, yeah. having the artists, uh, jump around but you know right away from um um superman 18 man of steel 18 to the next issue you go from doomsday when he punches out having one hand free and it's it's not got the uh, uh, the material on his hand um mm-hmm. to the next uh, to the issue before that where his hand was visible through the material yeah. so it's it, it's there's jump there are those mm-hmm. continuity errors that you would think that they could get things together but 
and I don't know the comics industry of the 90s, but I would imagine a lot of this is flying by the seat of their pants going, oh, my God, I hope this works. Let's just get it out there and see what's going on. I don't think that they came forward and said, oh, money, 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 money. I don't yeah. think that they were thinking that. I were thinking. I think they were really trying to tell a story. I think and, they were hoping that. Yeah, I think they were yeah. hoping. And I think that, especially in that one issue, I think they did it because they went from – the public's perception of Superman as just a loser to, oh my gosh, Superman is, is really super awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, but I think that when they went into this and there's a really good documentary on, uh, the death of Superman DVD, the animated movie, there's a real good documentary that I would recommend people watch that talks about how they came up with this and why they thought about doing this and the repercussions of doing this. Because when the news broke, I think a lot of them were in shock over, Oh my God, people are reacting this way about Superman, a character that we didn't think anyone cared about. Right. Um, they, they didn't realize, well, people have an expectation of Superman that is well beyond the comic books. Right. And a lot of the response was not about the comic books or about these, the character as he appeared in comic book. It was about George Reeves or Christopher Reeve or right. the movie that right. we saw in 77. But that's what people were responding to. And I think that when you get when you get right down to it, the death of Superman is successful monetarily because it strips Superman down to that basic level of here's a guy who's really, really strong and he's going to protect these people at any cost. Right. And it's unsuccessful for exactly the same reasons, because this six issue arc is basically a slugfest. Right. And it works as long as you accept the fact that Superman, the man who has more powers than I've had hot lunches, and trust me, kids, I've had a few hot lunches, is is just going to rely on his punchy, punchy, punchy. He's got, you know, the freeze breath and the laser vision and the glaven and the foinleven. And it just really comes to a point where about three issues into this, I'm like, why isn't he trying to do something super clever? Like when Spider-Man fought the Juggernaut. You know, trap him in, in tar or something. I don't know. No, I can see your point on that. Yeah. And and it does bring up the question, why wasn't he using those powers? I don't remember. I It's been a while since I've seen that documentary. Because I yeah, think they talk about that. He uses his laser vision at one point. Oh, yeah, point. at one point he does, it, yeah. It, briefly, yeah, briefly. in concert with the Justice League yeah. in the JLA issue. It's soon. I think it's a success in the story, especially for that one issue. Because it summarizes what people's expectations are. And just as young Zach has pointed out, by the time you get to the death of Superman, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, awesome in the sense of what the real definition of the did. word awesome yeah. is. Yeah. Right. This was something that's like, oh, my God, they really killed Superman. And this was not at a time where death's door was a revolving one. This was... This is the death of Superman. And so it had some, it had a sense of finality to it. And even rereading it uh, this past week, I thought, yeah, that still kind of hits me in the right, in the right spot. Does it hit you, Matthew, at all? Does it hit you in going, oh my God, Superman's dead? Or do you just. It, it hits me in that I remember being really strongly affected by it. But I'm at the point now where I look at this and I see a really effective marketing technique. I don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with Superman fighting and fighting and fighting. And, you know, symbolically dying on the steps of the Daily Planet mm -hmm. with his well, best friends there inches from destruction. So that's pretty that's pretty cool. 
did you notice, and this is something I didn't really realize, but mm. did you know, notice that through those, whatever it is, six issues or whatever that it is, um, mm-hmm. that he basically went through his entire history in that, you know, it went through the whole Jack Kirby New Gods era because he goes up and busts up Tree City or whatever it is. He goes mm-hmm. through and he's he's busting up uh, Middle America. Um, he's going through and fighting with the Justice League. He's going through and interacting. There's even a shot of Jimmy Olsen dressed as a turtle from Silver Age stuff. I mean, there's a lot of Silver Age stuff that goes on in that in that in this arc. Um, to the point where here's his relationship with Lois Lane, and Lois Lane always get into trouble. It almost appeared that they didn't do it su- successfully, but it was like here are these little bits and pieces from Superman's history that were sprinkling through the scene um, to show that Superman has been around a long time. And it may be so far under the surface that maybe people didn't get, or maybe I'm just reading into it a different way. Um, but it seems like that's what they were trying is that as you approach the end of the story, you're actually approaching a more modern time of where Superman would be in the story and his death. I mean, you've even I, got the introduction of Supergirl, even though it's Matrix Supergirl and not. Uh, that's not the introduction of Supergirl. No, 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 no. Yet. I'm saying as she appears, you know, she appears kind of out of the blue to aid and goes down rather quickly. Uh, but just like Supergirl <laughs> appeared out of the blue in, uh, in the pages of what adventure comics or whatever action comics adventure. Yeah. Uh, no wait, Maybe it was action. I don't remember. I know so she it just, had, like, it just felt like you were getting this brief glimpse of, you know, Superman's life hmm. in this. You know, I never really considered that. I, if, if that's intentional, I think that's pretty neat. I think that when you when you really break this story down, what it's trying to do is it's trying to address that question of what do you do with a character who is so powerful? Because right. the standard cynical bullcrap thing is I don't read Superman. He's too powerful and it's just not interesting. Which is, you know, it's it's a BS response. I I get that. A lot but of people the, have said that. But then this book correct that then, do you think? Oh, I don't think so. Okay. But that's what it was addressing. It was giving us something that Superman couldn't just blah, 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 or overpower. And that's cool. And I like that. But what it comes down to is they give us six issues of this thing that Superman can't overpower with physical force. How do we end the thing? Oh, I don't know. Let's punch him really hard. <laughs> Again, you know, I feel like the setup has a lot of potential. And, and when it gets to that end, yeah, there's that, you can actually hear that Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Going explosion. And then the silence and the smoke and the screaming. That, I mean, that is incredibly visual. It's incredibly cinematic, but it's also even in 1993 comics terms, a little bit anticlimactic and a little bit cliche because the problem with comics so many times is you get to the point where we're going to deal with social issues. We're going to deal with real problems. We're going to deal with these heavy, deep philosophical framistats. And how are we going to resolve that? Two guys are going to punch each other. You know, it's, it's, it's the equivalent of when you really try to get into heavy social issues in professional wrestling. What it comes down to is two guys are going to punch each other. So you have to take into account where that's going to come to an end. And I feel like the setup here really builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and then just kind of like, duh. okay. Well, you had to get to some point. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. I just don't necessarily feel like in 
if I'm really looking at this with a critical eye of, is this story successful? Up until the end, yeah. And I like the build up until the end. Yeah. I, I mean, I can see, I, I like it even in the end because, again, and I see where, your flaw, where you see the flaws are coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but here is somebody who is willing to do anything, even fight to his last breath. So long as it involves punching things. Right. You know, right. fighting to his last breath to save the people that he loves. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that there's anybody out there who wouldn't kick, claw, scratch, bite, whatever that it took if their loved one was in danger. And if that meant your imminent death. And so by you fighting and scratching and punching and powing and punching and punching, and even if that mean you died, I don't think that that in real life people would say, oh, that guy was just a, you know, whatever. His death means nothing. He saved his, his mm-hmm. kids. That, that means nothing. Um, you know, I think in that sense, it, it does really work, even if it is through punching and, and, and fighting. Um, and again, I, st- I didn't get as emotional in this read as I did in the original read all those years ago, because I remember sitting down that night and just sitting there going, oh, my God. And just it's probably well, the longest it ever took me to read a comic that was just 22 panels. Yeah. And that was 20 years ago. I know I it mean, was. You've killed an awful lot of your soul since then. Oh, I have. Because. You, you worked in television. <laughs> because. Then we got an art called Funeral for a Friend. Mm-hmm. Everybody saying Bur- goodbye to Burial Superman. for a buddy is what I call it. And then suddenly, Zach, suddenly mm-hmm. people start seeing Superman appearing. Well, I saw Superman over here. I saw Superman California. Superman saved my life. What's going on? And then that led to the reign of the Superman. And we had four different Superman. You had Eradicator Superman. You had um, Cyborg Superman. You had Man of Steel, which was John Henry Irons. And then you had Superboy. No, Um, call him Superboy. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't call me Superboy. Um, Each of them having a different backstory. But as the reign of the Superman played out, it was, everybody thought, oh, Superman's back. Oh, no, wait. They kind of got us because these aren't the same Superman. How could they be? They're so different from one another. And then as that story played out, suddenly Cyborg Superman goes nuts, teams up with, uh, teams up with Mongol, or sorry, uh, yeah, Mongol, and uh, plot to destroy Earth, blow up Coast City in the process, making uh, Mm -hmm. Hal Jordan go insane and turn into Parallax. Is that how that happened? Yes. It spun out of all of this. But then all of a sudden, Superman is back. There's a great issue with... uh, Superman, uh, Pa Kent dies in this process, has a heart attack and dies. And there's a great cover. I think it's the olive oil cover or one of those. I want to, yeah, I want to say it's adventures of Superman 500. But here is, here is, uh, Superman being pulled back out of heaven, reaching to Pa, who is now in heaven in their hands, reaching out to one another. It's a pretty cool cover. But, some, but suddenly Superman's back. And then the, then the shine was off of it for me. Because bloom is off the lily. Yes, because because the success of the death and return of Superman, which you can now get in a big collected trade that collects this entire story. Yeah. Um. Suddenly, DC said, "Well, hey, we can bring back all of these <laughs> other characters. We can bring back Green Arrow. We can bring back I forget who else. I mean, they brought back everybody." Green Lantern was Green dead. Lantern. Martian yeah. Manhunter was briefly dead. Aquaman was briefly dead. I think Wonder Woman. So here's all the people dead. that came back. Here are the people that came back following the death of Superman. Green Arrow, Barry Allen, Jason Todd, Donna Troy, Elongated Man, Hal Jordan, Metamorpho, and Batman. 
but the big reason, man wasn't dead before the death of Superman. He wasn't okay, well, but he it happened afterwards, right? I mean, he he died and yeah, came, if came it back wasn't at one before, point. It did happen after, right? But the but the justification was why are all these people dying and coming back? Well, Superman coming back from the dead left the door open a crack, and that's why all uh-huh. these other people can get out. Blackest night. Yeah. So in the end, if you look at the whole death and return of Superman, a whole three act structure, mm-hmm. um, the first act is the best. Yeah, and then it goes quickly downhill for there. For from my perspective, okay. Because by the time Superman came back, I was like, I don't give an f anymore about this. I made it through um, Parallax becoming an entity, yeah, and Superman fighting off the day, but. I don't think I made it to the marriage of Superman and Lois or Clark and Lois. Hmm. Well, the, the, there were some fake outs in there too. Well, but I mean the actual marriage marriage. Yeah. I, didn't but I mean, they far. were I mean, going to get married and then they didn't. Then by, they the, by the time I think I made it to probably this uh, last one, uh, the reign of the Superman 93, I probably made it to 94 in reading Superman comics. And then I drifted away for a long, long time. Hey, he came back with an awesome mullet. Yeah, and then he turned <laughs> red, and then he turned blue. I like the mullet. mullet. And his powers were depowered. He was depowered. Mm. He was depowered, then he turned red. Yes, and then he turned red and blue. Yes. Um, and then he got back together with himself. Right, that happened. That's nice. Then he broke up with Lois. Yep. Then he unbroke up with Lois. And then, uh, kaboom, the universe rebooted. And now you're caught up, Zach. Oh, okay. There so, feel better. I think overall for me, if you want to read something that has a death of a hero in a very dramatic visual way from a visual standpoint, as Matthew said earlier, the going from the five, four, three, two, one panel is brilliant. Yeah. It is. Um, in its concept and design. And in fact, if you read invincible 100, they mimicked Superman 75 in that, in that, that whole fight with the uh, Tyrannosaurus dinosaurs, uh, dinosaurs uh, was, uh, was just a mock of Superman 75. I think if people want to read it, if they haven't read it, I think it's worth picking up. I think it's certainly worth checking out from the library. Or clicking on that Amazon link at Major Spoilers and buying it that way if you really want to buy it. You can get some used copies through Amazon. We still get a little bit that comes our way from that. Ooh, there, um, there is a um, Scroll Brian has read the um, novelization of The Death and Return of Superman. And he says <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, but I'm going to say this is really kind of a check it out from the library or borrow kind of issue. Even though I th- still think it really works, it has... Um, it's kind of the first of many kind of things, right? Many problems with mm-hmm. comic books after that. Yeah. Zach, what about you? What did you think overall in this? Uh, I, I think it's a check it out and maybe borrow a copy and read it. Because like I said, the first, the couple issues was, is I mean, essentially the entire story is just people fighting the entire time with some, with some, some small storylines thrown in. And then, then you get to the big, uh, a final issue of this arc and that's really good and so for me to say i'm gonna go buy an entire trade paperback because i really like this last issue um i i, I just would not be doing that uh yeah the the issues before it are like the first like like three before it are kind of necessary to get that good uh pull at the end but this is a uh check it out and read it to say that you've read it and then maybe move on from there. And Matthew. 
This is a book that I think you want to read for its historical resonance and its place in the universe. But I don't necessarily recommend it because it's a great story. I think that the problems with the art are not a problem with any of those artists being bad. It's a problem of those artists being so mismatched with one another that each one of them is good in their own way. And this is a point where Jurgens is awesome, in fact. But when you go from, you know, boom, 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 back and forth and back and forth, it kind of messes with the flow. I also recommend the novelization. Uh, for have, have you read the novelization? Yeah, I read it back in the 90s. It was pretty awesome. Okay, cool. At least I would say a little bit more coherent a, there. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, okay. But this is definitely a check it out as long as you're willing to put your suspension of disbelief and your cynical hate facery aside. You can't go into this going, this is everything that's wrong with comics and death of comics and death not meaning anything and stupid, 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 because you'll be miserable the whole time. But if you go in expecting to see a decent adventure story, punchy, punchy, you know, the last 45 minutes of a Michael Bay film. Yeah. Then I think you'll be, I think you definitely want to check this out. And I think you'll be satisfied as long as your expectations are not set for, you know, Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you guys might want to check out is the death and return of Superman animated movie. Not quite as good as this book is as good as the comic tale was because they wrap a lot. I mean, they're taking basically a year and a half's worth of books and trying to compress it into a 90 minute, 75 minute movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and they do an okay job of it. I was really disappointed. It's of the animated movies. It's definitely down in near the bottom of the list that Warner brothers has put out, Uh, but it still might be worth checking out if you don't want to take the time to read a comic book. Does it have um, the Justice League in it? it? You know, it's been a couple of years. All I remember is um, uh, Superman and Lois having a conversation on the edge of the uh, Daily Planet and Superman saying something to the effect of, you know, Lois, one day I'm going to be fighting and I won't be coming back. And that was kind of the prelude to everything. And then, of course, it it has the return of Superman, too. So you end up at the end of the movie with black costume Superman coming out and punching the crap out of everything. The mullet? Yes. With a mullet. With yeah. a, with a, mullet. uh, what's his name? Uh, Bruce Tim styled mullet going on. Kentucky wow. waterfall. Woo. So, uh, yeah, go check it out. I mean, it's certainly worth checking out. Just Action so you can in say, the front, man of steel in the back. Just Run. so you can say, <laughs> hey, I was there. 21 years later. 21 years later. <laughs> I was there, man. Man, can you imagine? 21 years ago is when this story came out. I kind of can. The death of Superman. It really does seem Superman like that. died 21 years ago, and now, wait a minute, Zack was born 21 years ago? Steven, don't tell everyone my secret. I'm being Have you ever a- seen Zack and Superman in the same room together? Nay, I no. say. Mm-mm. Well, that's because Zack makes a point. imaginary character. Zack makes a point of never taking off his glasses around me. Yep, never do that. Well, no, he had wearing a Superman shirt, and he is wearing a Superman. (laughs) Tonight, Zach is wearing an ironic Superman shirt. So, when he went to hipster class, he was told never take off your glasses, never smile at anything, (laughs) (laughs) and make sure that your finger mustache tattoo is clearly visible at all times. All right, everybody. If you want to participate in the Major Spoilers podcast, if you have some thoughts, you have some ideas, you want to share a review of a comic or a uh, topic of the week that we're talking about. 
we want you to participate in this podcast. You can either record your thoughts and send them along as an MP3 file, please. MP3 file, not MPA, not MP4. MP3. Or you can give us a call at the Major Spoilers Hotline. Matthew, that number is... 785-727-1939. The Major Spoilers MP3 Hotline. All right, and once uh, more before we get out of here, thanks to our friends over at TweakedAudio.com. Uh, head over there, buy a cool pair of headphones, a bunch of different styles, a bunch of different colors, a bunch of different uh, stuff. All sound awesome. When you uh, go to check out, use the code MAJOR and save 30% off the price. Next week, I think we're going to be somebody, uh, I forget who it was on the Twitter today, was like, oh, you guys should review some Bloom County. Now, I do have, yeah. I do have the complete run of Bloom County. Uh, you yeah. know, I've been collecting those, uh, who put those out? Fanographics or ID, uh, IDW? IDW. IDW have been putting those out. So I've got those. They're available via Comixology. My concern is, uh, with Rodrigo being laid up, and for those people that don't know, he had to go through some surgery. I don't think it's any minor thing. Hopefully he comes out okay. Um, but I don't know if he's going to be able to read that before he comes back next week, if he's planning on coming back next week. So... Maybe we're going to be looking at some Bloom County. I don't know. If we do, it's going to kick off a whole month of newspaper comics. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com, and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Fabulous revision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as that comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. Yeah, what a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Oh, wait, I think I found a better way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just buzz through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little me would deal with all those tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I bag and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. surprised to find that I might actually have the hard cold to follow an entire storyline. What I really even need to keep up on all those escapades. I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being caught up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a king set the wind soldier. Yeah. 
Major Spoilers is copyright 2013.